This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica Cloud ERP services. Today's guest is a seasoned entrepreneur with almost three decades focusing on startups. He's been featured in Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Magazine. After a few years of planning, he started his current company in 2019. He's grown to over 60 employees and growing uh, employees, I should say, and contractors. He is the CEO and founder of National Adhesive. I want to welcome Dean Van Sale. How are you doing, Dean? Thanks, Jeff. Uh, good. Appreciate being here today. Yeah, I'm glad you, uh, you're doing this today with us and looking forward to you know, hearing about uh, challenges and successes and all, all the good, good things that happen with growing and scaling a company. Um, but before I jump into it, if you can give, give us kind of a quick um, synopsis of what National Adhesive is, what it does. Sure, sure, not a problem. So National Adhesive, uh, we import uh, from a variety of manufacturers internationally, uh, everywhere from uh, Turkey, uh, South Africa, China, Taiwan, Thailand, and we bring in adhesives and sealants um, and tapes. Uh, we've got three of our own brands. Uh, one is a derivative of a brand that was started back in South Africa almost 30 years ago. Um, and then we've got three licensing agreements with uh, DuPont. We're introducing a new range of great stuff products, uh, corks and sealants, uh, which have been launched already into some of the big box retailers. Um, and uh, later this year, we'll be introducing um, adhesives and, and tapes under the same brand. Do you actually manufacture any of these or you purely uh, have license agreements and you're a distributor? So, so we are responsible for everything from getting the product manufactured. So while we don't manufacture ourselves, we're responsible for um, the quality control. We go through quite a regular uh, stewardship process with DuPont. Um, and, you know, we, we, we bring the product to market, uh, we sell it, we distribute it. Uh, you know, we, we manage the logistics. Uh, we use 3PLs for our distribution. Uh, so we can we control the entire process uh, from start to finish, even though uh, we utilize third parties wherever we're able to. Nice. So the big question is, so what, what is the most challenging aspect of growing and scaling the company? You started in 2019, you're clearly scaling. And just, you may have multiple challenges. So I'd love <laughs> <to hear. laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, any business that, that uh, scales as quickly as we do, I mean, cash flow, yeah, that, that's the, the biggest single challenge. Um, you know, just making sure that you, you funded and you've got all the moving parts, um, you know, moving on the right, uh, you know, sort of speed and everything comes together. So, you know, there are a lot of balls to juggle, uh, you know, any startup, you're wearing 16 different hats, um, you know, so it, it's just staying focused, knowing what you're doing um, and, and trying to manage that cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious on, um, on the actual the actual product, it sounds, it looks to me just as a layman that it's a very crowded marketplace. You go down on a an aisle in Home Depot or Lowe's is all kinds of tapes, sealants, glues. I'm curious how you got into it. And I guess what, what is really your differentiator? Like, you know, how you grow it? That's a, good, that's a good, very good question. Um, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. You walk down that aisle in, in Depot and you look at uh, corks and sealants and, and not only is it busy and, and, and noisy, it's super confusing. Um, you know, and that was one of the key uh, sort of things that I took away from it was, um, how, how does the layman know which product to use? 
you know, so so we decided, you know, we we can do this. We we can basically we can educate the customer and we can make the whole process easier. You know, easier to understand what the product is, uh, which product to use, where, when to use the product, and how to use the product. And and that that's our key differentiator is you know, really just making the whole process a lot simpler and, and easier for the customer so that they aren't confused and it isn't as noisy, you know, and then from a from from a marketing point of view, uh, you know, the strength of the Grey Stuff brand that's been around for, you know, 40 plus years and really adds a lot of value to it and it's a, a well-respected brand. So, you know, we've got a good brand um, and, and then we communicate to the consumer um, and, and make the experience a lot uh, easier and friendlier for them. How does the, because it looks like, and I looked, I went over your website. It looks like you uh, sell mostly B2B through distributors. And uh, it looks like, it sounds like e-commerce, but probably the, the, your purchaser is selling it that way. How do you get that education to the right, to the end user? So and the one, it's not simple. And, and we, we, you know, we basically, we have a game plan in terms of where we're going. But the first step that we did is we put QR codes on all of our products. Um, so with a QR code, it will take you through to, to the actual product, uh, you know, there's how-to videos, uh, the knowledge is there. If you want to get right down into the nitty-gritty and, and look at the technical detail, that that's there as well. So that's step one. Step two, which we'll be phasing in uh, later this year, is there'll actually be AR technology part of that QR code. So you'll be able to just put your phone directly in front of it, and, and there'll be icons that are going to pop around, you know, virtual icons, which are going to show you what that product does. And then from there, you can click through to the next step. Um, and then uh, uh, later down the line, uh, next year, we're going to introduce uh, AI technology and we've got a, dig a digital human that you can interact with and uh, you can ask questions. So instead of a chatbot or a live person, you can literally stand in the store or you can do it online and, and, and you can ask for help. How do I glue this to this? You know, I need to stick this or how long does this take to dry? Um, and the beauty about the AI is that it actually reads facial expressions as well. So it can see if you're confused or if you're happy or those kind of things. So it's all about, you know, sort of the consumer and we, we very much targeting Gen Z for our future, uh, you know, sales for our sales generation. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing because I don't think anyone else is doing it. It almost sounds like you could actually, you create, you're creating a technology company, right? That <laughs> Very much. I mean, we basically look at ourselves as a marketing and technology company selling at leases. Yeah. And you can almost sell anything if that technology is set up, right? Right. So they, they Exactly. Exactly. I could be selling underwear. <laughs> yeah. So where is where is all the visionary coming? Is that from you? Are you the visionary of the company? I mean, these I, I am unfortunately for everybody that works for me. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I think I've been very, very fortunate in my career to have um, started a number of businesses. You know, I've had industrial supply. I've had I spent a long time in the branding and marketing industry uh, from a production point of view. Um, you know, logistics had a logistics company. Um, and, and furniture manufacturer of all things. So, you know, being involved in things where, you know, you've got to think a little bit further down the line, you've got to understand uh, the consumer, what their needs are, uh, you know, the salesperson, the, the demands that they are, and then the logistics behind it. So, you know, with all of that exposure, um, you know, it's really given me a, a bigger picture and obviously running all of those business, understanding the financial structure of, of what it's need. You know, but more importantly, uh, you know, I think I've learned about putting the right teams together and, um, and, and that's really what's key over here. You know, I, I may have put the direction and, uh, you know, brought it all together, but it's, it's my team that really makes it all work. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you, you talk about that as um, I don't know if you ever read predictable success by Les McEwen, yeah. but they talk about, yeah. So the, 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 the curve of a, the cycle of a business from 
early struggle to hopefully predictable success. And you bring in, he talks about bringing in team members, the right type of players at yeah. different levels, whether it's a operator or a visionary, obviously to begin with and it, uh, a processor, the, the, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. So it, it sounds like you, you kind of plan that out right from the start or is that, you know, tell me how yeah. that <clears throat> yeah. I think initially when I first came in and, you know, we were going to start the business very differently. You know, we were going to start it from basically, you know, the smaller customers and build it up in that. Um, and, you know, when the opportunity came for us to, uh, you know, put our hand up for the, the DuPont licensee, and then we actually won, uh, you know, the, the, the licensee, that changed the way that we approached this completely and we turned it the other way around and we went straight to the big box uh, you know, to the, the depots and the lows and the Menards and the aces and that, and, and you know, that's where we've got presence. Um, so we changed strategy quickly, but at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, the vision of where I wanted to go was always the same. It was just, you know, we had to change slightly and, and I planned it out, you know, I, I, for a long time. I knew exactly where I wanted to go, how, you know, how I was going to have to get there and what the path was. I mean, obviously there's a lot that changed. You've got to pivot quickly, but the end goals, you know, remained the same. You know, one of the things that we do internally is, I, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a, a vision, but we, we developed one. And basically, it's written three years in the future, but looking back at the past. And, and by doing that, you know, you write, you know, where the company is, what the culture is, what you want to achieve, you know, where are you selling, how are you marketing, you know, really everything. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's helped give everybody within the company direction so they know where we're going to, um, you know, but not sort of fine-tune in terms of a business plan. And the other thing it does is when we do the hires, um, before we even interview, you know, we give somebody that to read. And if it doesn't resonate with them and they're not going to fit in the culture of the company, uh, you know, you, everybody saved a bit of time in that. So it, it's really, uh, you know, knowing where you want to go and, and what it is that you want to achieve and, and then finding the tenacity to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny. When I, earlier in my career, I, I went to a, some kind of, uh, you know, strategy summit. But one of the things that came out of which I think you just said in a different way, is like you, you can't get there from here, but you can get there from here from there. So it was like know where you need to be and it, it gets you back here that you can move forward. So it's, it, it's interesting um, yeah. that it's, it sounds like from the start you had that set up. And I think a lot of business owners kind of just start a business and see how it goes. And yeah. they plan a year in advance and then they throw it in a drawer somewhere and look at a year later to see how they did uh, or compare it. Uh, do you, it so, also sounds like we practice EOS here. It's, it's a lot like that. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, on the EOS system, you know, uh, you know the books traction and rocket fuel yeah. and that, you know, brilliant. Um, uh, you know, from, from a, a, a VI, you know, the visionary integrator, I mean, you know, I've been one of those fortunate people who really found my integrator and uh, I've got a great CEO who's, you know, got phenomenal experience and, and you know, we, we, we just work really well together. We've learned to argue incredibly well. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of mutual respect. Um, and, and I think that's also just key, you know, it's, it's, it's making sure that you've got that and, and knowing your weakness and your strengths, you know, we both kind of joke about the same thing, trying to be the dumbest guy in the room. Um, you know, and, and, and because of that, you know, we've got some people in, in, in the right places who are really, really good, but having that VR integrated, and, and we literally meet every Friday morning, we meet um, offsite and we spend the morning together, basically, okay, where are we, what's going on, what do we need to address, you know, uh, future stuff, current stuff, all of that kind of thing. So, you know, during the week, you just, it's putting up fires and, and it's basically making everything happen. And uh, it's allowed us to get to a position very, very quickly uh, where I can start stepping further and further out of um, being in the business and start working, you know, on the business. 
Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I actually love your website too. Um, I talked about it earlier, but you have your purpose and your why and your core values. And uh, it, it's, I, you don't see that much with companies or you see something that's thrown up there that who knows if they really believe it, you know, uh, what they're putting on there. It's just window dressing. Uh, but oh, thank you. We've actually got a, a one pager that uh, it goes up and I mean, I put mine up on, on my board over here and it's, it's got our values and, and the values weren't, you know, me sitting on a Sunday afternoon and writing it. It was lots and lots of sessions with everybody, um, you, you know, working on it. Uh, so it's got our, our core values and, and why they're important to us. So we know that. Uh, but it's also got our, you know, our one-year target. Uh, yeah. It's got our three-year target. It's got our ten-year target as well, in terms of where we want to, you know, be and, uh, you know, what what are the key um, sort of criteria, you know, what's measurable and, um, yeah, it's it, it's it makes a big difference because you do, you know, your why. Yeah, I mean, if we could, you if you if you didn't have that, what would it be like? I mean, could you can you even envision, you know? Take a picture. Uh, sure. You know, I think it's hard for me to imagine not having it. Yeah. Because uh, it just sounds chaotic. It sounds like you know people will be uh, counterproductive. They'll be working in different directions. You know, we we very very pro about how can we be more efficient. Um, you know, we, I, I run the company very very differently. Uh, it's very much an output driven company, and uh, you know, our measurables are not. Um, you know, the KPIs are really about achieving certain goals and that. So we've got unlimited leave. There's there's you know you you gonna leave when you want to, um, as long as you're achieving your goal. Uh, we don't have working hours, and you can work when you want. Um, you know, there's a huge amount of flexibility. I mean, my, my people are scattered not only all over the country, but internationally as well. Um, you know, so the, the way we've structured it, you know, everybody supports each other. Everybody knows what they need to achieve. And everybody's adults here that you've got the flexibility and the freedom to do this. But having those goals and having the, that direction basically allows them to know what it is that they need to do and achieve. Um, and, and yeah, just you know, be efficient. How else can you do it? You know, and we use project management tools, and you know, so there are thousands of emails bouncing around, and you know, just yeah. keep keeping it keeping it simple. Yeah. So, if for for anyone who's listening, who is an entre entrepreneur, are there any tools that you would recommend that, that help you kind of move forward the way you're doing? You know. So, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I think the the thing is, um, with the amount of technology be available out there to everybody. Um, it's hard to try to keep it some point, not get overwhelmed because, you know, there's a tool for everything. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we have uh, three key uh, tools. Um, the one is an ERP system, which we need, obviously, you know, so I, I know you work a lot with QuickBooks. We've got NetSuite's Oracle. Um, and that ERP system, it's the heart of our company because that, that controls everything. And we EDR connected to all of our, our customers. Then um, even though it's got a CRM system, it doesn't do what we want. So we run HubSpot as a CRM system. And that's not just from, you know, the customer part. It's also from uh, social media control and management and, and uh, you know, website control, all of those kind of things. And then the last thing we run is, is a tool called Asana, which is a project management tool. Now, all three of these integrate with each other. So there was a lot of thought and investigation and everything that went into this. And th those three are our core products. Now, from there, there's, you know, each department's got a little extra thing in there. Um, but, but that's really the heart of it. So my advice would be, don't just choose the first thing that comes across or, you know, that everybody's recommended. Take the time, do your research and make sure that you know what it is that you want to achieve and make sure that the tool can do that because it's going to save you a lot of time and money and effort by, you know, investigating first before just bouncing around. Yeah, and we see that a lot too. Um, 
with there's like multiple tools for the same thing. You mentioned Asana, there's Trello, there's Monday.com, yeah. ERPs, you you know, NetSuite, obviously. Uh, we work with Hackematica, there's QuickBooks, there's Dynamics. Yeah, you're right. So it's, I think people look at sometimes the one tool, they think it'll do everything and it, it doesn't. They add more, it doesn't work. They add something else. Yeah. And then people aren't on board with all the tools. Some people are using Slack. Some people are using WhatsApp. Some people are using Teams. Yeah. And uh, just trying to define. Yeah. I, you know, we, we again, we planned it out. You know, we, 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 we spent, you know, the first two and a half, three years really just planning, putting structures in place, you know, um, uh, you know, understanding what it takes to bring a new product to market, you know, what's involved in that, the different stage gates, you know, and just really putting the procedures and the structure in place. You know, we took a very different approach. Um, you know, and, and as the scalability, just you know, we 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 fortunately as well as we're doing, we're at the bottom of the hockey curve, and we you know, it's just it's one way from yeah, but we've built our foundations, you know, prepared for this, knowing this is where we were going, um, which is going to make it a lot easier. Not that it's going to be easy, um, uh, you know, just to to scale quickly, and then you're not putting out fires, and you you all you're doing is trying to get, you know resolve issues. Now it's just about okay, how do we get more efficient? How you know how do we grow quicker? How do we you know grab more market share? So yeah, so in less than four years, you've got you expanded in North America. You set up your operations, supply chain, reps. I mean, what was what was that experience like? Because I assume you didn't have your full team that you have today. That you had, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think for the first uh, eighteen months, I was on my own. Okay, and then probably like the next, uh, I, I would say that seventy um, percent of our staff are less than six months old. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it 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 was very slow going in the beginning. It was soul crushing, and it was, um, you know, there were days where it was just, you know, how do I get through the next email or the next phone call? Never mind the next hour. <laughs> but um, again, I think that's where that uh, end goal comes in place of knowing where you want to go to and what you want to achieve, and it's just you know finding finding the the way there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think coming to the, the the US and starting from scratch was incredibly challenging. Uh, not knowing the systems, not knowing, uh, not having any resources, not knowing anybody, um, and, and literally just starting from the ground up. That, that was difficult. And, you know, um, I, I don't think people realize just how scalability business is here in the US until you get, you know, sort of stuck into it. But it really is. And, and I think the biggest mistake that people do is everyone wants to work in their business instead of, you know, on it. And I recognize for me to be able to scale this thing and to, to grow it, you know, I need to bring people that can actually work the business while I grow it. And, and that was, that, that was probably one of the big key factors. Yeah. Who was, I'm curious, who was your first hire after your first 18 months or so? What, that, what was that person? So I had a fractional CFO in the beginning for a while. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, making sure that finance is not the, the part that I enjoy, right. um, but it's also crucial in terms of a startup. So, you know, um, utilizing that, um, then uh, I started bringing on some manufacturer reps um, who had relationships with some of the bigger customers, you know, because one of the things I'd learned is uh, the customers that I deal with take anything from sort of like 18 to 36 months to get into. So even though we weren't ready, I would, you know, we were starting to knock on the doors and making people aware of us and that we come in and that we'll be, uh, and, you know, just keep those, those coming through. And then the, the, um, the next hire was, um, was David, my, my, my COO who came in and, you know, from, from the ground and the two of us have really built this and, you know, he, um, he's been a, been a rock. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Cause um, 
you just mentioned manufacturers reps because those are the people who know the the customers are coming in just cold I, I was wondering how you got these relationships going and kind of able to grow but it sounds like you relied heavily on these reps who already had Absolutely. I mean, I think it's with anything, you know, any business in that, um, regardless of what it is, it's, it's, it's find the specialist and whether that's somebody that you can outsource or somebody that you can bring internal. And, uh, you know, we've got some phenomenal people that have joined us now who've got really strong relationships in the, the marketplace already, you know, so that just keeps bolstering and boosting us. And, sure. uh, you know, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and figure out how to do things, you know, they've taken lessons that they've learned previously imported in and brought all the good stuff and also what not to do, you know, so that just keeps improving and it's, you know, just keep asking. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm the first to put my hand up and say, you know, I don't know how to do this, you know, let's, let's get somebody else to, you know, ask the questions. Right. You know, as a leader, are there certain metrics or certain like a scorecard or things that you you monitor on, on a regular basis, a weekly? Yeah. So, so I mean, besides the standard bottom line, you know, information, um, you know, from an accounting point of view, uh, my biggest thing is is, and this is not something that there's a KPI or anything. It's just the happiness of my people. Um, you know, so we'll have actually yesterday we 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 um, have changed now from a, a monthly to a quarterly um, a company meeting where we bring everyone together. We show we share certain KPIs in terms of where the company is and where it was, you know, and where we want to go over the next quarter. So that way everybody's on the same page. Um, you know, and, and more importantly for me is not about just having that meeting. It's after the meeting where I jump onto another one with with the CEO and say, right, how did that go? Uh, what was your take? Because while I'm talking, he's watching everybody. And while he's talking, I'm watching everybody, you know, and it was, you know, do we need to follow up with so-and-so? You know, they seem concerned about something or, you know, they so-and-so was like super excited about that. You know, so we very much, um, you know, uh, take care of our people. You know, that, that that's the most important thing for me because if I take care of them, they'll take care of the business. So besides your, your regular business KPIs in terms of, um, you know, hitting the metrics that you set, yeah. um, that's probably the key thing for me. Nice. Yeah. I mean, talk, you know, with, with uh, this whole culture uh, that everybody wants to try to get into their business. Um, how does that work in with you? Cause with, it sounds like everyone's remote, right? Cause you're working from home um, yeah. you know, with your adhesives in the background and sealing. Yeah. <laughs> Must be fun at holiday parties. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure that no, we haven't had any of those. <laughs> yeah. But um, so yeah. How do you, how do you instill that? I know you just, I think, yeah. I think one of the big problems is people try to instill culture. You don't instill it, you know, uh, you know, culture is created um, and developed by, by leadership. Like you said, you know, I, I, there were a couple of things that I set up when I started the business and this was pre COVID. You know, one of the things I said, you know, is I, I want to be completely remote. I want to be able to work from anywhere in the world. Um, and, and I set it up like that from day one. So for us, COVID was just reinforced everything that, that we wanted to do anyway. Um, you know, we also, um, and again, if you have a look at the Vivid Vision, we've stipulated what we want, you know, from a company. And, and when people read that and it resonates with them, you know, we know that's our people. And if it doesn't resonate with them, um, you know, that's what it is. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's their interactions that have grown and started with the company. And, and what's been really awesome for us 
is myself and David knew exactly the type of company we wanted to build and you know uh, what we wanted to do for our people, how we wanted to structure it. So we, um, you know, that's just how we treated everybody. And you know, as the company grew and more people came on board, and we treated them like that, and then you know they brought on new people and they treated them like that. It's just a, it's a follow-on. So it's it's how you treat you treat your people at the end of the day. Um, and if you see something, uh, you know, we've had one or two um, really good people in terms of what they do and, and not bad people in terms of who they are. Um, but there's been a couple of things that, uh, you know, um, morally or ethically or whatever it is that you want to say that I haven't agreed with and I've let them go. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter how good you are at your job if you don't fit into the culture of the company. You know, that's that's a sure way to tolerate, uh, you know, nonsense is just going to send the message to everybody else that you don't care about them you know so i, I think it's really a, it, it, it the crux is what example does the leadership set mm-hmm. you know yeah you know it's funny we have we we have our core values that we set up as well and um it took us a couple some time to do that we looked at our best employees because we did it after the fact you, what's great you guys did it right from the start we were already in business for a number of years as an accounting firm and then came up with the core values but we did it by looking at our best employees and what did we value in them to come up with really to set the tone for the, the rest of our values. We have like five core values, but every quarter we meet and actually, and I, I hate to use the word rate, but we look at our you know, team and figure where, how do they fall in our core values? Are they a plus? Are they a minus plus minus? And we try to work on the ones that are not performing to make them, you know, yeah. Yes, and I think it's important. And I think obviously for an established company, it's it's different. You know, I've I've, I've restructured a couple of companies, and uh, you know, I've had some experiences where I've gone in and morale was low, and people were demotivated, and you know, and you know, all, all the the owner of the company was concerned about was the bottom line and losing sales and losing customers, and then I'm like, <laughs> you've got to fix the problem, you know, and the problem is is not your sales or, or right. anything. The problem is your people. You know, and, and once you work on that, it's 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 easy to turn around. So, you know, that, that's my single biggest focus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to like, how do we increase revenues? How do we, you know, grow the top line? But you're right. They don't realize that it could yeah. be a bigger problem in, in your resources, your people. Yeah. Your, your biggest your biggest asset. 100%. It doesn't mean I don't expect a lot from them. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, you have to set the bar high. <laughs> that's what I was always told. Yeah. You know, and if they hit. 90% they're doing an, an awesome job. Right. So <laughs> what yeah. I'm just from a management team perspective, like how do you, what's it look like when you have to solve problems or it maybe give me an example of a recent challenge that you guys had to kind of like figure out. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we, uh, we do is our staff understand that we're there to support them. They're there to, you know, obviously to, achieve the job or the role in that and and uh you know first they've got to try and resolve the problem and and uh you know second will come to us with, with the problem say this is what's happened this is what i think we should do um uh, you know and and work on it like that you know we, we we've had some some logistical issues as everybody else you know in the world at the moment sure. um you know and and a lot of the time the logistical issues the feedback is coming to me in terms of what the issue is and and how it was resolved and and you know uh, what was done so, you know, again, from the very beginning is, is, is understanding things go wrong. They, they, they do. I mean, you know, um, it, 
I, I think I'm a, a pretty patient guy. Uh, well, I'm impatient wanting to get things done, but I, I'm pretty reasonable. And if there's a problem, we deal with the problem immediately. You know, it doesn't matter how it happened or whose fault it was. That's irrelevant in that moment. In the moment, it's, you know, let's deal with the problem. Let's get it done. Let's get it fixed. And, you know, let's move forward. Then let's go back and reevaluate and say, okay, why did that go wrong? And how can we make sure that either we improve the systems or whatever um, mm -hmm. and, and fix it? So level heads, um, you know, I think that's that's pretty important, and 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 taking emotion out of it, and and just you know dealing with with the you know the actual issues, and you know I think uh, not only the staff but the rest of the management team realize like with me, um, you know they can they can come to me with what, whatever um, you know even if they don't have a result something we can talk it through and we will find a solution. You know, I, I think I'm, I've been fortunate to. Um, you know, I've had some businesses that I've, I've messed up spectacularly and, uh, you know, some, some good lessons have come out of that. So, you know, often there's uh, a good lesson that I can turn to back from my past. Yeah. Is it a challenge for you? You're, you're a visionary, so clearly. Um, <laughs> you have, is there a challenge for you to stay out of some of the detail? or? You, um, it, until I've seen um, some traction or some... Uh, evidence that the person can, you know, do it. I, I think earlier in my career, I learned uh, a lesson that was just because somebody does something different, but they achieve the same result, doesn't mean that the, the way they're doing it is wrong. Um, and, and that was that was a difficult lesson to learn. But, you know, I also realized that if somebody can do something at 80% of the capacity or 70% of the capacity that I would do it, you know, if I got 10 of those people, I'm doing 700% compared to if I'm trying to do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, it, it's also, you know, um, realizing, uh, you know, delegating is important. Um, and, and I think what has helped is, is surrounding myself with really, really strong people. Um, you, you know, and, and once that trust factor is there, it's just, you, you know, handing it over and stepping back and knowing that if they stuck, they'll come to me. And, um, you know, you've got to build that. Yeah. And it takes time. Yeah. It so, does. And we, you know, I, I know with me, we failed a couple of times uh, or more than a couple, but uh, it's a process. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I encourage my people to make decisions, um, you know, and, and, and fail, you know, so it's um, it, unless I see that it's going to really affect us in a negative way, I'll, I'll let them fail. I mean, I know it's going to, you know, we're going to have to fix this, but let it go and let it go and, um, you know, let, let them learn. And, and they, people also know that, you know, they can come to me and say, I'm stuck with this, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure. And, I, and I'll just try to prompt them to ask themselves the right questions. Well, what, do you, what about this? Or, what, you know, I, I try not to give the answers, you know, even if I know them. Um, and that way it just makes them stronger in terms of their roles and everything. But failure is awesome. You know, failure is the big lessons. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it, it's hard sometimes. I'm an accountant, so I'm telling them, <laughs> come they're like oh how do we book this and it's so easy to say oh just do it this way but you know even myself i'm starting to go well how, what do you think or you know what would it look like and so yeah uh, it, it's hard sometimes when you're a technician like myself um to not give answers when they ask um but a visionary it's something you've got to learn yeah it's something yeah. you've got to learn you know especially when you're like you know what i might as well just do this i'll get it done quicker I had an example of this, you know, on, on Friday, I, I, I was swamped with stuff I needed to get done. And I was like, why, Dean, why are you working on this? There's other people that can do it. And I, I gave, I, I farmed it out, you know, to five other people for different aspects of it. And, you know, by Monday, I got everything except from one of the guys who said he would get it to me on Saturday. And, and Monday, I didn't get it. You know, Tuesday, I didn't get it. And, you know, there's a part of me that's cursing myself. It's like, you know what, if you just did it on the weekend, it would be done by now. But it's like, right. you know, this person got to learn. You know, they got to learn how to do it. 
So I know you've, you've done some long-term planning. Do you already have like an exit strategy? Are you, have you already thought that further down the road or are you in a... So, so we, 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 we know what we want to achieve, you know. Um, we know we do have a, a plan in place. Um, but it, it's, it's actually, it's going to be a toss-up between uh, sort of two options. Um, you know, so there, there is a full exit um, or there is potential of RPO. And quite honestly, it's really going to determine about, um, you know, in, in, in sort of five to seven years time from now uh, and how much energy I've got. <laughs> You're a young guy. You can looks like you have plenty of energy. Uh, yeah. yeah, listen, uh, I, I, like you said, you know, being a visionary in that, I was get bored pretty easy. And, you know, I know that there's, there's a, a lot of growth um, in this business, both, you know, nationally and internationally. Um, you know, but but after five to seven years of, of growing and that, you know, it, it could get to a time where I, I just I don't I don't have it in me anymore, and I'm realistic about that. So that's why there is a plan B just in case. Well, how you know it's difficult. I, I ask myself the same question because I always see all these great ideas and want to like pursue every one of them. How do you stop yourself from doing that? Just in general, I mean, obviously. You oh, that's that's a that's a good question. I, I've got a nice uh, little. Uh, uh, you know, kitty of, of of ideas that I could take, and you know, we we spoke briefly about two other companies that I've co-founded, and you know, it's ideas that have been sitting on for a long time, and you know, they're very much uh, sort of on pause right now while I focus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think it, it goes back to um, uh, basically, you know, we have an internal thing called uh, candy cotton, and um, you, you know, so if somebody comes up with an idea. Um, it's either our core business, which is adhesives and, and corks, yeah. uh, or it's candy cotton, and, and we don't sell candy cotton. Um, you know that that gets blown around in the wind. So when somebody, you know, we, we bring the ideas, bring the concepts. You know, customers ask for stuff in that, and you know, we, we look into it. You know, we have a value proposition that we go through. Does it make sense? Does it even cut the list to get onto there? Um, so it's very much about being very focused, uh, and, and again, that's where those clear goals and, and direction come in place, knowing what you want to achieve. And that helps, you know, get around the noise. You know, it's like so. Uh, it's either it's either candy cotton or it's what 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 we do, um, and, and that definitely helps. Uh, I mean, I see opportunities slipping through our fingers on a continuous basis, um, but it's opportunities that I know that will deviate from where we want to get. Um, and and there are times where you've got to take that into consideration and it makes sense. Um, you know, but but just stay focused. And uh, yeah, I think it takes a little bit of discipline. Yeah. Well, what, what, what about personally? Like, so you probably, because you are a visionary forgetting national visa for a minute, but do you, do you see other opportunities and just other businesses and ideas and things like that? All the time, all the time. You know, I, I think the thing that frustrates me is, um, you know, I'll, I'll be sitting to talking to somebody who's struggling with the business and I'm like, I can fix this. You know, I, I can take what you've got here and I can, I, I can like quadruple it, you know, and it's just like, don't say anything, Dean, shut your mouth. Right. Um, or I'll see a concept. I'm like, oh, that's, that's such a brilliant concept. I know I can make this work. Or, uh, you know, you know what, I, I know where there's an opportunity for that. Um, you know, so, so yeah, that, that uh, but, but I think what helps is that I know my end goal is once I've exited this business in a couple of years' time, that's exactly what I want to do is I want to help. Um, you know, other entrepreneurs, um, you know, get going and and who are struggling or don't know what the next step is or, you know, are stuck or whatever the case is. You know, I want to go in, okay, help them get to the next step and then move on to the next one, move on to the next one. So I've kind of like trained my brain to put all of that other stuff on pause, you know, for the next 10 years. And and when that happens, then I can go nuts. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I have the same problem. I, I hear we have hundreds of clients and 
they'll mention a problem or something and be like, oh, I could figure that out or hire somebody to do that or, you know, it's software or an app to do something. And it's, it's, it's difficult to like restrain myself. You know, we, we're, we're a QuickBooks um, shop and now we're doing ERP, right? Cause I'm like, oh, opportunity for large clients. Let me go into the ERP world. And it, but you, you got to wonder sometimes, do you kind of like hit time out? What's your core business? Like you mentioned and that the rest is candy cotton. I think you called it. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just some frivolous stuff. It'll blow away in the wind. <laughs> right. Uh, the other question I have is really, as you're growing, because you're a visionary, I, I, I'm focused on that for a second. Do you have natural, supposedly we have natural conflict with processors who want to, you know, put a bow around everything and make sure everything is signed and there's a process and a procedure and, and, uh, absolutely drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. It drives me absolutely nuts. It's just like, just do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, having, as I said, spectacularly failed before, uh, I understand the importance of it. Uh, it's a necessary evil. Um, I don't need to do it. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I can bring people in who enjoy it. I mean, we've got some people in, in our organization who just you know, love working with data or, or, or policy or whatever. And it's just like, mm -hmm. I mean, it, that, that doesn't do it for me at all. But I understand the importance of, of it, um, you know, um, I'm pretty sure sometimes I um, uh, jump a little bit ahead of the curve and people have to catch up and it frustrates them. But, you know, it's that, that's part of what's got us here. So I try to find a balance of being respectful for, you know, what they do and also just pushing a little bit further than, than probably they would. Um, and sometimes just making the decision. I think, you know, that's one thing I don't have a problem with is, is um, procrastination and, and, and it, you know, can kill a business and, uh, you know, being indecisive. And at the end of the day, if I make a decision, it's the wrong one. Okay, well, it's the wrong one. Let's change it and make the right one. So, uh, yes, um, those kind of things frustrate me. Yeah. Well, you know, with our own process procedures, sometimes I'm the last one to follow them. I know we need them and they have to be in place, but, you know, yeah. So it's, it's it, you know talking about all these systems you know the ERP and 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 you know um, the, the project management tool and CRM and all of that kind of stuff you know I'm, I, I was the one who was insistent we've got these systems in place we've got to put them in place I did not use them right yeah I, <laughs> I don't use some of the ones we have here either so but yeah. I want someone else to use them and you know, it, that, exactly one hundred percent it's like send I just want the results give me the results yeah. I know this is the tool that you need. To get the results, all I want is the results. How you get there, that's that's exactly so cool. Um, just curious what you know, if, if somebody was starting a business, buying a business, or an entrepreneur early stage, uh, what kind of advice or different advice would you give somebody? Um, um I, I think you know, anybody who's starting a business, um, uh, you know, rule of thumb that I, you know, I've I've learned long ago, and 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 sort of use. Um, if you're gonna, if if you're going into business or you've started a business, um, everything's going to cost you three times the amount that you think it's going to cost you. Your sales are going to be at least half um, the amount that you think um, it's going to, and it's going to take ten times the amount of effort that you think it's going to. You know, and if you take that formula and you sort of put it down and you say, okay, well, uh, it still makes sense after those numbers. Uh, you know, then go for it. But, you know, and I think businesses fail in terms of, if you look at the stats, businesses really fail from from lack of funding. But I also think, um, you know, that lack of funding often is also just um, a lack of creativity. There are, there are ways to make it happen. You know, there are ways, you've got to find, you've got to dig deep. Uh, you know, you've got to have the tenacity. 
um, and you've got to know what you want to achieve. You know, I think those are the kind of things that I would I would definitely um, you know give some thought to. Yeah, and like you said, you tenacity and know what you want to achieve. You almost you have to. From everything I've heard, you have to believe it first before you can achieve it, right? You have to one hundred percent. And, and you, you are going to sacrifice. You know, especially yeah. you're going to sacrifice uh, time, time with family, time with friends, relationships, um, uh, you know, income, um, out sleep, <laughs> all those kind of fun things. Um, you know, so so just uh, you know, I, I think I think in this day and age, entrepreneurship has been glorified, and it's you know, it's it's this. You know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and that until you are one and then you, you know, it's, I, I was in a, uh, a seminar the other day and then one of the guys, you know, everyone said, why are you here today? And, you know, he basically sat down and he said, uh, I'm here to understand why we all do this to ourselves. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it can be difficult. All right. Actually, most of the time it is, I think, but. But it, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> um. So just flipping the conversation, just tell me about yourself where you're from and you know how you got here basically sure sure so um you know i'm, I'm originally from uh, swaziland now known as uh, the kingdom of eswatini which is a tiny little landlocked country uh, squashed between south africa and mozambique about a 1.1 million people in the country um it's 46 percent highest hiv rate in the world oh, wow. um about 60 percent unemployment so, you know, not a lot of natural resources. So kind of a little forgotten thing, still run by a king, last remaining monarchy in the world to with absolute power. Um, beautiful place, you know, absolutely stunning. Um, you know, my, my, my uh, parents and my sister and her family are still there. Um, so that's, that's where I originally come from. Um, so obviously love the outdoors and nature, camping and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I, met, I met a girl and, uh, you know, and... Uh, Exactly. The rest is kind of history. And it was a decision, you know, um, if, if I wanted to carry on, you know, I had to come over and uh, here I am. So did a couple of trips, uh, you know, looking for opportunities, whether to buy something or start something. And you know, that part of it is, is history. Um, just in general, love the outdoors. You know, last summer we did an eight and a half thousand mile uh, road trip um, with our camper and we went all the way from, Theodore Roosevelt uh, National Park, Glacier, Grand Teton, um, you know, all those beautiful places right down to Big Bend and just really amazing places here in the US. And, you know, so, you know, I, I, I enjoy living. Did you make it to Boston or New Hampshire or Maine or Acadia or anything? So we haven't got up that way yet. <laughs> Not yet. That's, you know, that's that's on the cards next. So we're still getting... <laughs> Yeah, so we, we go to Texas pretty often. So so um, Jenny's from Texas. So, um, you know, we, we get down there pretty often. We'll go down in the summer again. But yeah, yeah you know, uh, time, 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 time. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, I see that you're a big coffee drinker. I think I read I'm that a, somewhere. <laughs> I am. I am. I, uh, roast bone beans. So no, coffee's, coffee's my, my staple diet. Nice. And um, outside of work, what, what kind of... Um, are you in any organizations? Like what? What kind of help? Uh, I belong to. I'm, I mean, uh, I belong to the Virginia CEO Council, um, and then I also I'm a, a member of YPO as well. Um, so I belong to those two organizations, and uh, that's all for the time being. <laughs> that keeps me busy. <laughs> now this this has been awesome. I mean, it sounds like uh, you know it's great to hear you set this right from the start. You knew exactly where you wanted to go brought your team in, get everybody on the same page. 
you know, I, I like the fact you meet, you meet weekly Fridays, uh, yeah. you know, that's kind of like, we try to do that with our, the EOS implementer we use. And um, yeah. it's, it's helped us just knowing, like you mentioned, knowing where you want to be, uh, having that, that map, you know. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So someone said, you know, without a direction, it's like, you know, a boat, you know, without a rudder, just kind of. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's, it's uh, there's an old saying about, uh, uh, the ship with no uh, port destination, or the wind fa fa favors the ship with no destination. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, no, that's cool. I, I enjoyed our conversation. I'd love to maybe check back in a year or something like that. You'll probably have been exited and you're out camping somewhere, but you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Now, I, I still got a couple of years before I exit. Uh, yeah, I've got some things I want to achieve. Good. Awesome. Well, I know people could find you. Well, your company website, it's nationaladhesive.com. Correct. Uh, and you're on LinkedIn, Dean Vincel, right? Um, Correct. Yeah. Uh, and anything else? Uh, Instagram? Uh, no, listen, everything else is, is, that's where my focus is. You know, net, uh, LinkedIn is, is where I spend most of my time. Um, so that's that's probably the best place to, you know, to get hold of me there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty active there and uh, pretty responsive. Awesome. Well, Thanks again. Um, I want to thank the listener, whoever's listening or watching this. If you like it, I encourage you to share. Um, hopefully you learned something. I, I did. I mean, it, it was great kind of hearing Dean, you, how you've set this up. I've talked to, you know, a bunch of other companies are doing well at growing, but they didn't have that, uh, that initial goal, what it would look like, where they wanted to be. Um, you know, that they, they're, they're doing it, but I think you're way ahead of, where they are or they would be well, thank you i appreciate that yeah, it definitely has helped us and, and it's been awesome chatting to you jeff so thank you very much for your time and then thank you and uh, this has been another episode of leaders who scale and that wraps up another episode thank you for joining for show notes and other episodes visit us at leaderswhoscale.com leaders who scale is sponsored by siegel solutions providing world-class services and cutting-edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.